You are listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast by The Crossing on how to live into God's bigger story. Hi, welcome back to A Bigger Life podcast. Today I want to look at Psalm 29. It's not a real well-known psalm. But I think it's one of these psalms that has a lot of treasures in it that if you stop and notice and ask some questions and just sort of pay attention to what's happening here structurally, poetically, I think there are things here that will really help us have a powerful time of prayer, a powerful time of really engaging God with the, the word, the prayers that are written by His Holy Spirit, which is what the psalms are. What I want to do is read some psalms here and talk about what I think this psalm is saying, and then we're going to spend some time praying it and making it part of our worship, part of our prayer. And I think that you'll you'll sense a power in this psalm that will that will bring the power of God's Holy Spirit into your life as you as you pray it. Let me just mention that that the idea here is it's a psalm of David, and the first verse ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. And then verse two says, ascribe to the Lord, the glory do his name. So we want to notice that the term the Lord that is used here all throughout this Psalm, every, every verse, that is the all capital L O R D. So that's that Hebrew name Yahweh, which was a play upon the Hebrew verb. He is Yahweh is God's name in the Bible. It's a term used for God more than any other term in the entire Bible, used more than the term God. And it was God's name, the I am. He is the I am. So it's a big deal to think of God by his name. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name is something that we're supposed to consciously be aware that we're doing. We're giving God glory. We're worshiping him. We're ascribing, we're acknowledging his glory, the glory of his name as the I am. And we're worshiping the I am. We're worshiping the Lord in the splendor of holiness is the next part of that. Now, here's here's what I really want us to get when you read the word holy or holiness in the Bible. It's not talking about some boring person wearing black who's no fun, all straight laced and judgmental toward people. That's not holiness in the Bible. That's actually evil in the Bible. That's not holiness. Holiness in the Bible is the idea of glory, the idea of majesty, the idea of splendor. Like it says here, worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness, the splendor of his radiance. And holiness has the idea of something that's ultimate. So when Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name, make holy your name, or holy be your name, he's saying ultimate be your name. So when you worship God, you're worshiping him as ultimate. He's the ultimate glory. He's the ultimate splendor. And then verse 4 says the reason why we're supposed to ascribe glory and, and worship him is because it says the voice of the Lord, the voice of the I am, the voice of Yahweh is powerful. The voice of Yahweh is full of majesty. So... It's interesting because that phrase, the voice of the Lord, is repeated exactly seven times in this psalm. If you've been paying attention to other things that we've taught at the crossing, the number seven is a very important number in the Bible, not because it has some hidden code, 
but because it's a very purposeful symbol, and it goes back to Genesis 1 and the first part of Genesis 2 of the seven days, and the seventh day is the day of Sabbath. The seventh day is the day God rested from his works and filled his creation with his presence. And that has always been a picture of what it what is yet to happen. It really hasn't happened yet. It's the picture of God dwelling in all the earth and all the earth being full of his glory and all the people created in his image and ruling over the earth in his glory and his love and his holiness, his righteousness, his radiance. And so we we find that that narrative in some sense got interrupted in Genesis chapter 3 when humans wanted to be their own glory, live for their own radiance. And so the idea of filling earth with God's presence, filling earth with Eden, uh, has been put on hold. Adam and Eve forfeited their position. But Jesus came to the earth. God became human in the person of Jesus, and he fulfilled that Role. He, he became uh, the true image of God. He lived the perfect life of righteousness. He died on the cross so that he could take the death that we had to pay because we forfeited God's tree of life. And he rose from the dead to be the first of a renewed creation, the first of a restored creation that's going to bring about this seventh day, this, this restored creation. This The number seven in the Bible means complete. It means perfected, not in the sense that it's a perfect square, but perfected in the sense it doesn't have any blemish or brokenness. It's the flourishing that God intended for his creation. It's the flourishing that God intended for humans. And so that phrase, the voice of the Lord, appears seven times. Verse three, the voice of the Lord is over the waters. Verse four, the voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. Verse five, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Verse seven, the voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. Verse eight, the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. Verse nine, the voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the forest bare. It's telling us that the word of God, the voice of the Lord that, that created, that from his mouth in Genesis 1, all existence came. He created what he declared, what he decreed has come about. I've said this before, but I think day seven has yet to come about. I think that's sort of the narrative of God's creation and all of it has yet to happen. Even day six has really yet to be fully realized because human beings have not ruled over the earth in his creation, in his image the way that we will when Jesus returns as the true image of God and, and brings his kingdom. And in our, our resurrection, like Jesus' resurrection, we will rule over the earth as he intended. There's a lot coming at you here, I get it. But the idea here is, in verse 9, it says, his, In his temple all cry glory. And remember, the earth was his temple in day 7. So temple is not this idea of, um, you know, the image that may come to our mind, the idea of the temple in the Bible is that heaven is a, it's a place where heaven is on earth. God's presence is on earth. Not anybody can just go into the temple without going through these rituals in the Old Testament in order to become acceptable to enter God's heaven because we're not acceptable now because of sin. So we're talking about now if we have the death of Christ paying for our sin and, and paying the death that we needed to pay, the resurrection of Christ, securing our own resurrection, and when Jesus returns, bringing us a resurrection on a restored earth, that's the temple of God. And in his temple, all cry glory as we fill the earth with his presence, as God dwells on earth the way he originally intended in Genesis chapter 2, Genesis 1. 
So it says in verse 10, the Lord sits enthroned as king forever. This is the future. It's now for sure, but it's fully realized in the future when Jesus, the human God king, takes the place that Adam and Eve forfeited and takes that place as the true image who rules, the true image of God who rules in a glorious, righteous, loving way over his creation, and we with him in a resurrected body like his. He is king forever. And so it says, May the Lord bless his people with peace. The idea of shalom, the idea of of God's rest again on day seven, that that's what this whole narrative is about. And here's the thing. Here's what, here's what I think we want to catch before we start praying, and that is, we bring the power of the voice of the I am. We bring the power of God's voice into our hearts and our souls and our minds and our lives when we ascribe to the Lord in worship and prayer and praise, when we give him praise, when we put ourselves in a position of bowing before him, put ourselves in a position of submitting to him as our king, put ourselves in the position of worshiping him because he is ultimate and worshiping him as ultimate, that that brings the power of the voice of the Lord, the life-giving voice of the I am into our own lives, our own hearts. So that's what we're going to do right now. Let's take a time right now and just let me pray. And you try to make the prayers that I'm praying through scripture here, your prayers best you can. And other, other stuff may come to your mind and you can, you can make that your prayer too. Let's pray. O Lord, Yahweh, the I Am. You are the I Am who has existed as God forever past and will exist for, as God forever future. You are the source of all existence. Everything that exists comes from you. Nothing exists. It didn't come from you. That You spoke into existence because of the power of your word. You are the I am who is the giver of all life. You speak life into existence. You are life and in you is life. And you give life to every living thing. Apart from you, there is no life. Apart from you, there is only death. Because you are life. You're the giver of life. And you are always the I am. Always in the present tense. In the present tense. Fully present with me. Fully present with your creation. Fully present with your people. And so now I praise you because you're here with me right now. Jesus said, go into your room, shut the door, and your Father who sees in secret is with you. So I I worship you now. I bow my head to you now as my King. I submit to you now as my King forever because you are the King of the universe forever, King over all your creation forever, and I want to ascribe to you the glory Do your name. Do because you are the I am. I want to worship you in the splendor of holiness, the splendor of joy, the splendor of radiance. Jesus says to pray, hallowed be your name, ultimate, holy, ultimate be your name in me, ultimate be your name in my heart, my soul, my mind, my life. 
Your, your word, your voice is powerful. Your voice is full of majesty. And I pray that as I pray through your word, that you would bring the power of your word into my life, into my heart. Change my heart, fashion my heart, mold my heart. Speak to my spirit, speak to my soul. Life, speak life into my soul. Speak light into my life. Speak salvation into me. Because you are the Lord and everything in your temple, your coming earth that will be filled with your presence will be filled with your glory. This seventh day that is yet to happen, that is going to happen because Jesus has already come. The kingdom of God is coming and all the earth will be filled with your glory. And so now I ascribe glory. Now I want to be in your presence forever, giving you glory, praising you, worshiping you in the splendor of your holiness. You sit enthroned as king, as ruler, as owner forever. So may you bless me with your shalom. Bless me with your seventh day rest, your blessedness, your flourishing that comes, your completeness that comes by your Holy Spirit in restoring my broken life to day seven, in restoring my broken life to shalom, to peace, to flourishing. Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you Rest. I will give you day seven. I will give you Sabbath. I will give you shalom, flourishing, blessedness. And I pray, Jesus, I want to come to you and I pray that you would give me shalom. Give me your seventh day Sabbath, your perfection in the kingdom of God and the glory of God on earth. I want to be there. I want to be there forever where you are king forever, that I would worship you forever and rejoice in the joy and the love and the gladness that comes from being on an earth full of the radiance and the beauty and the glory and the righteousness of your restored creation. I want to be there with you laughing and praising, and rejoicing, full of joy, because the word of the Lord is powerful. The word of the Lord is majestic. Speak your power, your life, your peace, your holiness, your radiance, your glory into me, that I would be able to speak it into others by your Holy Spirit. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to A Bigger Life, a podcast of The Crossing, a church in Columbia, Missouri. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and give it a rating so people can find this content more easily or consider texting it to a friend or posting it on social media. Thanks for listening.